It's your fave Scene Kids here with another edition of SceneCast. This week we'll be talking about celebrity activism um, that we've seen. <laughs> Good pun. <laughs> True. That we've seen. Um, so, yeah, we'll delve right into it. Also, this is the last week that um, I, Aaron McAuliffe, am scene editor, and over there, Kelly McGarry is associate scene editor. So it's also sort of a goodbye cast. Um, but listen for subtle jokes and inappropriate comments that we try to sneak in before we leave. Yes. Kelly is attempting to get fired, even though she's already <laughs> getting fired, just via termination of terms. Um, yeah, we have like a few people we want to get into today. Um, Jimmy, do you want to start us off? Uh not really, but I will, I guess. Um, so, I guess one of the really big ones that actually has... We're talking about celebrity activism. Did we say that? Yeah. Yes. Maybe. I yes. did. Okay. Yeah. So Good. I guess one of the big ones that's had actually implications for the Notre Dame community has been um, involving Under Armour over the past few weeks or so. Uh, the CEO, Kyle Plank, uh, went on the record and was praised praising uh, Trump as an asset for this country. Obviously, he was doing that a little bit just to try to get in, in with him, but obviously when one of your biggest product is uh, minority athletes, they tend to get pretty upset when you say things in praise of President Trump. So he's had the majority of his biggest um, of, of their biggest athletes, uh, including Steph Curry, Misty Copeland, the ballet dancer, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, I mean, The Rock, they've all come out um, recently against what he said. Like, um, uh, Steph Curry had actually a pretty sarcastic comment when he was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Donald Trump is an asset for this country if you take out the E.T. at the end. And, like, Which is, like, classic Steph Curry just humor. little passive-aggressive <laughs> dad humor to fit yeah. his dad's shoes and his whatever. But um, That humor is correct. Yes. He's he was a little upset, and then Dwayne The Rock Johnson just wrote a very long Instagram post with a picture of his muscles, and you know, as per usual. And Misty Copeland, you know, complained some, said some very eloquent things about um, why it's not okay for Under Armour to like represent its athletes like that, and you know, in response to that, all Under Armour actually walked back their comments after that and said. Kyle Plank doesn't necessarily represent the Under Armour brand, which, I mean, that's also in effect problematic because he's a leader of the brand, so he kind of does. But mm, yeah, they're they're trying to get themselves out of that hot water with um, their biggest athletes. Well, also like around that same time, um, which it seemed like a pretty in-depth commercial, so I can't assume that they made it in response to those comments. But it was really well timed in that Nike released a commercial. Um, it was in black and white. And it talked about just, like, how Nike stands for equality of all people. And it showcased all of their stars in the commercial, um, like LeBron James, um, just, like, everyone that's sponsored by them. And they were all at, like, the forefront of the brand at the same time while, the same time that, like, Steph Curry, um, The Rock are all getting mad at the Under Armour mm -hmm. brand. So it really, really just showed kind of, like, the division. And, I mean, I'm assuming that Nike sales probably went up and Under Armour's down that week. Um, finance 
Um, so I read like that there's like even more like concrete ties with why Plank Kevin Plank is that you said? Yeah, Kevin Plank. Plank. Yeah. Um, why Plank said that there's like um, a manufacturing jobs initiative. Yeah, he's like so Under Armour, unlike um, their competitors Nike and um, Adidas, they have a large source of their manufacturing jobs here in the United States. So uh, here in Baltimore, so if they would work with Trump to like you know like increase import taxes or anything like that, they would benefit and gain market share in com- in comparison to um, you know their competitors. So I guess you know this is just. An example of like capitalism taking over the needs of like basic human rights, just their need for profit being more important than their need to like say, hey, we should probably say things in favor of our athletes and things that don't hurt them. Right, that's an interesting balance. Yeah, it's like the opposite of, um, I guess, like that's similar to just how outspoken run the jewels were about their support of Bernie and kind of how that, like, helped their um, brand, I guess. And just, like, it was a rallying point, literally, um, at rallies, but also at their concerts, kind of like I saw them this summer, and they talked about it and talked about, like, the orange-faced Trump, of course. Like, it was the summer, so it was still, didn't seem like um, whatever be a possibility as, like, presidency, but... Yeah, that was just them being super outspoken about, like, the candidate who they liked. And um, there's a piece in The Observer. A few of our writers went and saw them. And kind of, like, it's all changed. Obviously, they've released an album since, um, RTJ3, which is political in itself. And at the concert, um, they are just kind of talking about how to react to the election um, and kind of, like, how they're reacting and, and what needs to go on. Kelly, you got any one you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I was just kind of reflecting about around the jewels, trying to think of what I remembered from that article. But um, going back to the whole capitalism interaction, I thought maybe we would have a good transition from, okay, so we have uh, a CEO doing having to balance um, you know, doing what makes the most money for the company versus... Uh, what's best for his athletes and having celebrity pushback on that. But there's definitely in the same, maybe sort of a related way, um, I think like the biggest pop artist, there's like a weird dynamic between whether their activism is self-serving or other people serving. And And I'm looking at you, Katy Perry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Katie, 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 and Skip Marley, <laughs> which, yeah, so when I listened to that song, I interpreted it very differently, that's why when we had, we had a conversation, like, me, mm-hmm. us, me yeah. and you, the other, or like, all of us that are meeting the other day, um, that brought up Katy Perry and celebrity activism, and, um, with that song, but I, I change got, Change to the Rhythm is the song. Cha- oh, Change to the Rhythm. <laughs> um, so, I... Definitely thought a lot about the song. I watched the video, and it's, like, kind of the disturbing, dystopian thing. Um, but what I got more out of it was, like, a similar to, like, 
Swimming Pools is the name of that song about drinking all the time. Right, right. Where people like party to it, yeah. but really yeah. it's like yeah. a criticism of yeah. the people who are party just blindly, yeah, who are partying to it. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like looking around at a room full of like, I mean, Katy Perry is the rhythm. Like if you're number one top of the charts, like you are the rhythm that people are blindly following. And at like the linebacker. At the linebacker. I always call it the, the linebacker, linebacker too. To any linebacker <laughs> fans visiting or listening, listening slash visiting, I'm sorry. What? You're supposed to call it the backer. Otherwise, you're a noob like me. Yeah, you'll learn when you're older. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, I think that, like, I don't know, as we're talking about this, I'm sure, like, a lot of artists and a lot of musical come up, but I think that there's, like, a huge difference between, like, the 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 bands that are using their art um, to send a message, I think that's, like, always admirable. But, I mean, when you're... Most of the, like, super produced, like, pop music that's just, like, so much money and formulation goes into to make this thing that is predetermined to be a number one hit, like, I don't even know how much art is left at that point. And then, I like, it's always just going to make a lot of money and... If, yeah. like, talking about politics is what's making money, then it'll do that. Like, it's really just... I think it's, like, more of a reflection at that point than, like, reflecting back what the public is going to respond well to. I, I don't think it ever will, like, move forward. So, I think there are three talking points we can have about Katie's activism, Miss um, Perry's activism. One is that her Twitter bio currently reads, um, Activist in the title... It is. And? It is artist, activist, consciousness. Yes. Can I also add her tweet? Yeah. The the big one. Sometimes it's scary opening up to consciousness. Makes you realize how asleep you were and how okay you were with it. Are you sure that wasn't a Jaden Smith tweet? Um, I think everybody tweeted that. But Katy Perry definitely did because I keep seeing it on every single thing that I read. Yeah, but, okay, and then Katie is the one who wore a bedazzled Hillary jumpsuit. Um, So she's kind of positioned herself as a political activist, um, at least since that point. And then the lyrics in the song that Kelly's referring to directly, it's like, turn it up, it's your favorite song, dance, dance, dance to the distortion, turn it on, keep it on repeat, stumbling, stumbling around like a wasted zombie, which is just like, okay... You're right. This is going to be played at bars, and people are going to be singing that. Also, like, this is the song that people are singing, so I don't know yes. if it thinks, like, oh, that is good, because it's, like, people aren't listening to the lyrics enough to have this be, like, ironic. It yeah. just is. It's not really a statement, because it's not enough. Like, mm-hmm. in the con, like, if she had made it, it sound so different. I mean, it's I ironic when you're, like, the observe when you're, like, observing people. Yeah do that yeah. like you're like wow this whole group of like 50 people at a bar are singing this song and they look exactly like it maybe i don't know if we could benefit from like playing a little snippet or something because i think that uh the the sound really influences how yeah. you perceive the song like if you just look at the lyrics you might think like oh yeah i don't i'm not sure like that this might be something dark or like serious but like i mean that's the irony of it i think you're right we should listen yeah we can play a snippet of it real quick
that's real. Yeah. So, um, hope you enjoyed that little snippet. We it didn't. It was a small snippet because we would like Katy Perry not to sue us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was just talking a little bit about, like, a lot of the indie artists that I follow um, and also just Bandcamp in general donating the money that they're making from sales. People did it for a month. There was a specific day last month dedicated to, like, all sales on Bandcamp going to the ACLU. So um, I think that's another interesting way and probably even more effective way of, like, getting these donations rather than just lyrics. Like, the artist doing this, um, so, like, Diet Sig is also making little patches that say, like, resist in different um, protests, like, inspired things and selling them on Etsy along with this to, like, donate money. Um, But... Yeah, so these, like, smaller artists are forgoing their profits in order to support the cause versus Katy Perry, which, I mean, I guess I haven't researched too much into, um, like, the fund she's donating because of, like, this song, but I think it's even more powerful than lyrics if you're actually, like, taking action against it. And Mike Donovan wrote a really good piece about kind of, like, this genre of indie protest music, mentioning, like, the 100 songs for the 100 Days of Trump, um, which is a compilation of like literally protest music artist like and it's about like how this is gonna ins- this um art inspired by like the hatred and art overcoming that in general so yeah i think that's like another way that artists are being activists in in this political climate and i think like one of the i mean one of the biggest artists who have done that recently going off of that is uh chance the rapper this past mm-hmm. week who just mm-hmm. donated a mill a million dollars. I think... Yeah, go ahead. This is my domain. Chicago Public Schools. Just kidding. I didn't go to them because wow. they needed they need money really bad. Yeah, so That's he donated the point. a million dollars to Chicago Public Schools this week. After he, um, he talked to the Illinois governor over the weekend before that and, and to try to help him get... Um, I believe he said there's like about a $240 million deficit for these schools for their uh, funding for their budgets. And he talked to the governor... Like, he went out as an artist on behalf of the citizens of Chicago and said, look, they need funding. And apparently the, you know, it didn't, the talks didn't go well. So he, you know, he put his money where his mouth is and he gave a million dollars himself from um, the funds from his upcoming tour in order to, you know, help, in order to, like, spur other people to start donating to the schools. I don't know if anyone else has yet. I, don't, I haven't seen any big names donate to the schools, but, I mean, it was very talked about, you know, act of maybe not resistance per se but of like unification mm-hmm. and of being you know supporting your community and yeah that's something like he stands for is unification and that would be like a really great thing specifically in rap music probably where like you know like in your lyrics you want to identify with the city you're from like i mean kanye could do the same thing like they all want to you know show their support and their connection with the city that they're from mm-hmm. and like he's actually acting on it yeah um and i think in like another realm of kind of art and politics crossing paths um a lot of us watched the oscars together mm-hmm. and i was looking mostly um kind of like because we knew we were going to do this podcast in the future of like notes in the speeches um just because in the past we've had like patricia, Ar- patricia arquette kind of vying for um like the closing of the women's pay gap and stuff like that it's like mm-hmm. a really um, big platform for kind of celebrities to give like their activist speeches but 
I think the part that stood out the most for me um, were the different international filmmakers who like weren't able to even attend the ceremony at all because of the travel bans. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know the exact full story, but I think it was an Iranian um, documentary maker who couldn't go, and then some of the other filmmakers, um, short filmmakers, signed a, a contract that none of them would go, um, just kind of like in the face of the controversy surrounding travel and immigration in America. He ended up winning um, for the film yeah. The Salesman, uh, which mm-hmm. in, I don't think any of us here have seen, but obviously won an Oscar, happy pretty good. But, yeah. Did they have the first... This might sound so off-base, wasn't it? Didn't it, the person accepting it for him was, like, the first astronaut from Iran? Yes, that is who she was. Okay. Yeah, which is really cool as well. Can we just, like, land for a second here? I <laughs> Why, was just thinking astronauts? about this. Like, didn't Katy Perry a few years ago release a track literally called You're So Gay? I shared that in the group me. Don't oh. steal my fire. Oh, sorry. When I, I shared I the link that. that said, remember how bad Katy Perry was? That's what it was. Oh, I honestly thought it was just it's, a song. <laughs> like a normal... Entire, no, it's like all of like about... It's all praising homophobia. She like... And it's, like, more hateful than I remember it being. Like, I I thought it was just kind of, like, out of line and rude and, like, inappropriate. But it's, like, it's, like, really bad. It's, like, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, it's awful. I had no idea. I was thinking, so I I saw that um, kind of, like, called out just in an article. But I thought it was referring to the, like, I kissed a girl because that's also. I thought so, too, because I saw it there. Yeah. So I clicked it. That's what I was searching. Huh. Wow. Well, that's horrible, Katie. Yeah, it's, what yeah. do you have to well, say for yourself there? And she hasn't, like, brought it up anytime lately. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've well, seen a couple other people online try to bring it up, and I think she's just trying to, like, pretend it didn't exist. I'm also, I'm I, you know, I'm looking a little bit into it, and uh, it's, uh, well, apparently, you know, that was 2007, so that was 10 years ago, but still, I, I think, I don't know. It was, it was 2007, like, what was the situation people there? People weren't. People weren't. That's bad at any time. Yeah, that's well, bad. I think, yeah, bad. I don't think, yeah, I don't think things were like absolutely. that different in 2007 that we. Couldn't I wasn't see here. I wasn't here. Yeah, he was so okay. I don't really. Okay, know. well, no, it wasn't like. No, it was. It was better. Things were better in 2007. Yeah. So it seems like it was about her uh, high school boyfriend, you know, who was like very much into the emo clique at that time, and I guess like she's just associating emo with gay and gay with that, which all of that is bad. There, there's nothing good about what she's saying. Yeah, none of those connections. Oh, have you? I actually sent the video to you guys. The video is like a Ken doll, and then at the end, mm. like it's a Ken doll. So she takes its pants off. So she's just like ascribing to like traditional ideas. Yeah, yeah. Weird. No, see, that's what makes me like. I know that she is not like, uh, like she just like writes whatever will make her money. Yeah, she's pretty fake. And what's even worse is the person <laughs> she's competing with, the big, her biggest rival is probably even faker. And Ooh. Oh. No, Taylor. she's just beta. Taylor's. Taylor. Hey. No. She just, no, she is just like unincurably, like, just beta. Taylor Swift, the, the political activist. Her. Taylor Swift, political use. activist who posted an Instagram of herself on election day saying, please vote, but giving no indication of who she was voting for or anything. I'm it was sure an outrage. Trump voter, no, I mean, yeah. I think she is. And like, that's, 
I mean, she definitely will. I mean, if she's like a, you know, she's like the point oh oh one percent, she'll yeah. benefit from tax. Yeah. So that would like be probably like dangerous for her to admit. Yeah, but oh, like, oh yeah. But what's bad yeah. about that is like she like tries to like put on this like facade of I am the face of white girls club. And, like, yeah. Just, like, no, when she out. is literally okay, I was talking about this at um to the other people in the office the other night. She is always in the passenger seat in all of her songs and it bothers me so much. That's actually That's a metaphor for kind of just her. She's just getting driven around like they tell her what to mm, do, dang. you know. Yeah. And, then, like, it's and a, they're always mad. Like, well, also, like, I feel oh, sorry. I just feel like it would be kind of distracting to sing and drive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but like also like, she had like this like tweet back on January 21st on the day of the International Women's March when she wrote so much love, pride, and respect for those who marched. I'm proud to be a woman today and every day. Hashtag Women's March. That was the first time she's, like, mentioned, like, feminism and I don't know how long. Like, where was she during the election? Where, why, where was she on International Women's on, on that day? Like, what? why would it, Why did she go on the march? Like, I don't know what time other... So, this is a... Like, Mayor Pete, you know, here in South Bend went on the march. Like, yeah. you know, he put his money where his mouth is. Why can't you? Yeah, I mean, I I agree, um, but just kind of like an open question is like, should artists be expected to uh, be vocal about like social issues and okay, such? Good. I have a, a counter example for all of the things that we've been saying that make it seem like that maybe they should. They definitely shouldn't. In the case of Jameis Winston. And mm. can you describe that? I'm um, he went like a couple weeks ago. He went into a school. Um, like trying to give, I guess, a motivational speak speech, and um, the video, like, so there was a point in it when he was trying to get the kids to say these, like, I'm strong, like you know, like positive things about themselves, and he, so he, he was like, no, you boys are being too quiet. Boys need to be loud and strong. So he had all the boys stand up, had the girls sit down, said like literally the like, I can't even make it sound as bad as it was. You should watch it, but. Um, he, he said, like, he girls, like girls should be could, girls silent should be, and gentle yes, and girl, polite. Yes. And he had the boys stand up and yell about how strong they are. Who who even is this? Um, a football player. NFL oh, quarterback. What team? FSU. Sports. Former FSU quarterback, current uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Uh, he, he first got, I mean, I guess he got national attention outside of football first um, for uh, sexual assault case that um, he was involved with back at Florida State University. Um, he was uh, he, he he was never found guilty or anything in that case, which I mean, that, I, that entire he, case is in so mess. And like, the, I don't know if that's worth touching. The cases, yeah, it's it, multiple cases are mentioned in the hunting ground um, alongside other accusations um, from Notre Dame's campus as well. So I think that just goes to show that, like, I mean, it's great when. Um, celebrities can like use their platform to help people like use that voice that they have out of being a celebrity but also it's really important to note that just because they're famous does not mean they are qualified to make any kind of social yeah. comment mm-hmm. yeah but then who gets to say like who doesn't who doesn't you know what i mean i i, I think it's just like um I mean, coming says- from like so coming from a branding perspective like the marketing perspective it's like okay it's okay if brands are gonna um, kind of like have values and say they're like an environmentalist brand or say they're like a feminist brand if they actually like are coming from from an authentic place with like leadership in the background and the practices to support it. 
Um, and I think it's the same for celebrities. Like, celebrities are obviously brands themselves. And if it's coming off as authentic and, like, they're actually doing, as we mentioned, like, work to support it, the indie artists who are donating to the ACLU or working it into their lyrics. I mean, honestly, Katy Perry is working it into her lyrics and is taking action and like that's to be respected it's just is she doing it in the right way mm-hmm. kind of and could she be even doing even more um so i think it just is like if it's authentic then it's like all power to them um i think it like really helps change conversations in society i agree i was just kind of posing an open question uh-huh yeah sometimes it gets like really weird though like i remember with like audi super bowl ad like they're like Oh, we want to end like they like had like a hashtag end the gender pay gap, which is like kind of absurd. It's like can't you end that in your company yourself? Like don't you have the power to change that? Like, but did they? Did they? They, 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 did, they didn't say that they huh. had. It was really weird. Yeah, that's weird. What company did you say? Audi, the oh. car company. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they would yeah follow up with that, but I would also assume they would use it as a talking point. Mm-hmm. So, huh? But, yeah, they didn't. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of very um, yeah. Super Bowl was a huge time for like this kind of. It's not necessarily. Yeah, it's so ironic. It's like the biggest commercial event, and all of the like richest companies only. And then like, I mean, I don't know if any dealt directly with like poverty, but it's. Well, there was a lot of like very much like pro immigration, like stories of immigration, like that. I mean, they definitely like were here in the moment. I mean, I don't. Like, do you need to be, like, fully dedicated to a cause, or is just a commercial enough to, like, say we're, like... But a commercial is, like, more to your own benefit than the people that you're, like, claiming to care about. So should, like, maybe brands, like, should they be donating as well? Should they, like, yeah. really, like, immigrant workers? Like, what do they got to be doing to, like... I mean, yeah, to I be think... qualified to use a commercial, because that's... Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, it just, like, pulls on people's heartstrings, and they see a commercial that has to do with, like, equality of some kind, and then that is going to, like, give them positive associations with a company that maybe they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I also think that it's, like, the way that advertising is shifting to kind of tackle social norms and, like, make things better for, I mean, um, different, like, technology companies have recently talked about, like, getting women in STEM, and that was, like, a commercial released yesterday. And so, like, they're looking to hire those people, like, I think, um, kind of, changing the social norms just because advertising is seen by like everyone all the time is like a good thing in itself but i I want to kind of counter with like activism against artists that i just thought of an example Mm -hmm. um so this the band power bottom who has recently released a few singles that are really good um and may pop up in scene selections i would think in the coming weeks um but Yeah, so the members are gay, and they had, like, marchers outside of one of their shows just with, like, Bible verses and things on posters um, talking about how they're Mm -hmm. sinners. And obviously, like, the people going into these concerts, like, were, like, really mad about that. The artists, like, themselves felt threatened. And it was just, like, a really interesting example of... Like, I'm not even sure how these protesters found out about this band. It's, like, yeah. a very obscure pop-punk yeah. band. Mm-hmm. Um, very indie. The concert was, like, pretty small at a small venue. But people just kind of, kind of have that hate in their heart where, like, these guys are doing great things. They're making great music. And they're really inspiring. Um, kind of, like, 
a shift in the stories told in indie music and they have a lot of support from their fans but then there are people kind of like trying to ruin that obviously they didn't have much effect and it only really like made their fans bond with them like more but i mean that's that was an egregious case of activism against artists mm-hmm. although i think well okay so yes um that actually made me think uh, what you were saying about how they found out about these artists made me think of a case where sort of the opposite happened, where um, maybe you, you guys are familiar with David Byrne or Brian Eno, mm-hmm. David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Together yeah, they... I heard <laughs> well, I mean, some people haven't. Um, so together they released an album called, called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts in, I believe, 1984 uh, or 80... Mm, I'll fact check myself, but... Um, so on that record, one of the tracks was titled Quran, and it incorporated uh, a sample of an imam reading from the Quran. And actually, curiously enough, some Muslim groups found that and were upset that it was used because it was it's inappropriate. So um, they actually held them accountable, and the track was later removed from the record. But I thought that was interesting because, one, I thought, how did these people even kind of discover this record? Because that particular record is pretty obscure still. But on the other hand, uh, I, I think that was a case where it, it's completely different from this, this power bottom situation, but um, I think there are cases in which like uh, artists themselves can be kept accountable in other ways. Yeah. But I mean, the whole cultural appropriation thing is definitely right. like a yeah. topic. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot in pop music, actually. So, something to think about. Yeah. Um, so, I don't really know how it connects or should connect, but I wanted to get on the topic of Shia LaBeouf's exhibit. At um, It was... Uh, what do you call that? <laughs> was it the Met Museum? It was at one of the museums, one of the art The Museum, museum of Moving Art. New York is too big of a city for us. I don't <laughs> know. We're just New South Bend kids. Um, <laughs> so he had, it's like a performance art. Place, it was like, is so, what I yeah, took so it, it like as. That camera that was set up, it was uh, streaming 24 hours a day. Uh, There's a hashtag associated with it, but basically it was a. Uh, it's called He Will Not Divide Us. Right. And so you could just, like, go and step in front of the camera and just, like, you know, say what you wanted. Of course... Say He Will Not Divide Us. Yeah. The theory, the idea was that you would say He Will Not Divide Us. Yeah, and then, of course, that went a little awry once the... Awry? Awry? Awry, excuse me. Oh, that's how I say it, too. But... Awry. <laughs> once the alt-right kids got a hold of it, and then they just started, you know, there were a couple of... Uh, altercations there and the museum eventually the museum shut it down pretty quickly yeah because it became a uh, you know kind of became a heat point flashpoint for um i think shia labeouf got arrested well, yeah he was for... involved in the altercations yeah you're right i watched the video um it was somebody who there were like a bunch of people standing in front of it pretty early on i don't know how it lasted before how long it lasted before this happened but um there were just like a bunch of people like chanting he will not divide us and then um i a guy was just like like passing the camera and like quickly right in front of it saying like white supremacist associated things but I don't remember exactly what and then Shia LaBeouf got in his face and mm-hmm. that was the altercation yeah it was it's a shame that like when like the art is so public like that that like anyone can get involved in it you know things 
anything involved on the internet is always going to go to the worst possible situation as quickly as possible. It just seems to be the way the internet tends to work these days. Mm-hmm. Just observe the observers' comment sections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that I won't. Uh, that I'll, I won't even be employable at McDonald's because my points on a match and dragons over the years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think we could do a whole podcast where it's like the Jimmy Fallon. Does he do that where they make them read the mean tweets? We all have to read aloud our mean comments. Oh, um, yes. We need to get Matt McMahon back in here for some of his Lupe fiasco his reactions. Was... 16 comments. Wait, did um, anybody, I guess the most recent one wasn't that. Yeah, I didn't uh, get. I don't. I yeah. didn't get any. What, uh, what, Wasn't as harsh. But was, yeah, was he critical of Lupe Fiasco, and very, then people were mad. Yeah, very, very critical. And the stands came out. But I think that's probably like um, a good ending point for all of this. It's like, hey, we need our celebrities to be activists because those are the people we see, and they have their name attached to it, so they're kind of accountable for like their words. Um, when our day to day is filled with like a lot of online trolls and. In a, in a not an anonymity yeah so it's the complete opposite of like this hidden anonymous troll versus Katy Perry putting herself out there um, to be judged and all of her work is coming back to her and everyone knows what she looks like and everything yeah but then like I guess also like you know with like you know journalists like Matt McCann or just really anyone who has like Who's willing to put their name out there? They, I mean, we need to. There's also like the need to hold celebrities accountable. Like, yeah, for sure. I guess that kind of happened. Or just people. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of like Kyle Plank, Kyle Plank, and his celebrities holding him accountable. Like, yeah, kind of like. Yeah, there's an accountable and like brands being accountable, for, like their messages translating to their practices and and all of that good stuff. So yeah, this has been another edition of uh, Scenecast. Untitled so far, untitled, unmastered. Um, Activista cast. <laughs> oh God, that sounds so gross. Activist. <laughs> that sounds like a type of medicine. We will not be naming <laughs> yeah. it that. Um, know, it kind of sounds like a cast that you wear that has like, I don't know, like nanoboss or something. In it. Yeah, it, it definitely it sounds like good. something with like superpowers. Activista cast. Yeah, or like Arist- or it just sounds like Aristocrat Aristocats. Aristocats. We're gonna all go watch Aristocats. Uh, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. This has been Scenecast, the Observer's only official podcast. For the last time. No, with not Aaron. No, no, I'll still be coming. I'll still be coming. Yeah, I just won't be in charge anymore. See ya. See ya. <laughs>